Next on BYU Sports Nation, aloha! BYU football gets a road bowl game. Is this a matchup made in paradise for the Cougars? BYU Hoops bounces back against UNLV on Saturday, what we learned in the 33-point victory. Plus, is this year's win against Boise State the greatest BYU football win in nine years of independence? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Monday, December 9th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us once again. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Yoli Child's Backup optometrist, Jerem Jordan. Yeah, he told you after the UNLV game Saturday that both his contacts got knocked out. Wait, what? At different times. So one came out, and I I was witnessing that one put back in, but then he got hit again, and the other one popped out, so he had to come out of the game again for the other eye. How hard is he getting hit? I don't know. Knock contacts out? One time uh, when BYU played North Carolina in Las Vegas in, what was it, 07, Tyler Hansbrough lost contact during that game, and everyone stopped, and he looked around, got on his knees, and then boom, found it, put it in right there. Oh. Bang. Ow. I hope there was nothing in the contact lens. Yeah, probably a little piece of dirt, a little piece of ice from the minor league hockey team that used to be there. Yeah, whatever. A direct quote from Yoli Childs (laughs) during the game. He looked right at me and said, I got to get that LASIK, bro. Keep telling people. Why didn't you over the summer? (laughs) Do it next summer. Yes. Do it in the offseason. Uh, where there's plenty of time. Do you have contacts? I do wear contacts. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. I sincerely didn't know that. I've known you for a decade. I didn't know I that. wear contacts. I had no idea. I would I, love I, I do not. LASIK surgery. You got to get that LASIK, I, bro. I know. I know. But there is a little bit of hesitation. Like, Why? what if I'm the one where it doesn't work? You know, what What if? I should just mm. trust the doctors, right? I yeah. just trust them. Yeah, trust the process <laughs> of the optometrist, yeah. Okay, well, all eyes, contacts or not, on today's show lineup. Trevor Maddich of ESPN on what BYU football can prove in the Hawaii Bowl. Is there something to prove against the Rainbow Warriors? Aloha! And a bowl invite edition of tracking Cougar opponents. Oh my goodness, the schedule was amazing. It produced eight bowl opponents, Jerem, nine bowl eligible opponents. Well, my shirt says it all today. <laughs> I wore my the football schedule was too hard shirt so here we are and BYU basketball assistant coach Cody Feger on why BYU as a team is shooting the three so oh, well it's crazy we'll break it down BYU's did, BYU did something Saturday they've they've never done as a program I'll explain historic here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines BYU football set to take on the Mountain West Conference Championship runner-up Hawaii in the 2019 SoFi Hawaii Bowl. The Rainbow Warriors feature the 13th best offense in the country, about 470 yards per game. They average just over 33 points a game. Do you, as the fans, like the matchup and the Cougars' chances at an eighth win? Much more on that in just a bit. The game set for ESPN on Christmas Eve, 8 Eastern, 3 p.m. Hawaii time. Ho, ho, ho. BYU men's basketball beats UNLV 83-50. Just takes it to him. Career-high 17 points from your boy Dalton Nixon. Yoli Childs had a double-double, 13 points, 14 rebounds. Did lose two contacts, got him back in. Cougars host Nevada tomorrow at 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific on ESPNU and BYU Radio. Uh, BYU looking ahead to Utah State as oh well boy. Saturday. Oh, boy. Big week. Huge week. 
Fred Warner and the San Francisco 49ers take down Taysom Hill and the New Orleans Saints in a wild game. Uh, 48-46. Come on, Saints. Come on. The first ever in the history of the NFL, 48-46 final. Yeah, weird. Taysom Hill had five carries for 13 yards and one catch for 12 yards. His buddy and former teammate Fred Warner had three total tackles, including stuffing Taysom Hill on a Saints two-point conversion attempt. Plus, Come on, Saints! Warner had a pass breakup. He's Pro Bowl bound, if you ask me. <sighs> Seahawks go from the one seed to the five seed in a single night. But don't worry. Last regular season game, Seahawks Niners. They control their be. own destiny. Yes, they do. Number 14, BYU Women's Volleyball. This is a bummer. Ends uh, the season Saturday night in Provo with a sweep to Utah. Utah just dominated BYU. I think Won that's 15, the 15, best 15. Utah has ever played ever, like in any match in program history. In the history of ever. They were siding out at 100% at one point, Jerem. This just in, that's great. <laughs> Cougars finished the year 26-5. and five. Tremendous season. Disappointing finish to Utah. Didn't get to the Sweet 16. That streak ends. Uh, at 7, 21 matches uh, in the NCAA tournament at home, one in a row. That streak ends. So congratulations to all the seniors, especially McKenna Miller and Mary Lake, on a tremendous career. We had a ton of fun covering them last few yeah, years. Yeah, rough finish, but it shouldn't overshadow an incredible legacy that they leave yeah. for the body of work in their time at BYU. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. It is official BYU and Hawaii in the 2019 SoFi Hawaii Bowl at Aloha Stadium on Christmas Eve. Jerem, what did you think when you saw the news that it was official, BYU playing Hawaii once again, but this time in a bowl game? I'll, I'll simulate it. I saw it on my phone, checked my email, and I was like, oh, Hawaii. So that was my reaction. So you were super excited. Yeah, super excited. Um, no, it's it's neato. When I did some history, I learned, oh, wait, Hawaii doesn't leave to play bowl games other places. This is the 13th bowl game ever for the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. 11th in Aloha Stadium. ninety The 92 Holiday Bowl and the 07 or 08, rather, Sugar Bowl are the other two, okay? Yet, I, I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to talk about how this is different than any other Hawaii team that BYU's played recently. Uh, Hawaii is 9-5. and five. This will be their 15th game, by the way. So they play 13 because they're Hawaii. 14 in the Mountain West Conference Championship game, which they lost at Boise State, by the way, over the weekend. And here we are with 15. It's a winnable game, but it's a better matchup than the 2017 game where BYU wins by 10 and the 2018 game where BYU wins by uh, 26. Hawaii, uh, as you mentioned, 6th best passing out, 13th in total out, 34th in scoring. Beat San Diego State, a 14-11 at home, a team that BYU did not beat. UH hasn't had a 10-win season since 2010, so there's some things at play here that are maybe more interesting than I thought. I would have preferred a team from the American, but when you look at what Hawaii's done this year, and Cole McDonald and the dreads and everything, it's it's going to be a fun matchup, and we're excited that BYU Sports Nation will be there for this game, in addition to uh, counting in the kickoff and the postgame coverage. Yeah, I said it last week when I thought that it would be Hawaii, and it was about a 90% guarantee, at least I thought, based on how everything we figured would shake out over the weekend, that it would be Hawaii. Yeah, I like it. I like BYU's chances to win eight games, and that's probably why I like it most, is BYU, albeit by a small margin, is a favorite in a de facto road game against the Rainbow Warriors. Just straight up, right? It's, yeah. It's in their stadium. Well, it's not technically a road game. So, because it's a bowl game. But 
it is their home field. So they'd say They're the same in their thing same about, locker room. They'd say the same thing yeah. about BYU basketball playing UNLV in the Mountain West Conference championship game in March at the Thomas and Mack Center, but it doesn't have the UNLV logo at the center of the court, yeah, so it's it, not yep. a true road game. Yep, and BYU didn't win those games with Nick Emery in them either. Wait, what? <laughs> I do have they a won. little trepidation about playing Hawaii in their home stadium because Hawaii has beaten BYU eight times historically, and all eight have been in Hawaii. So there's something about the island that sometimes... Makes me a little bit worried. BYU better bring it. They played some close games, including in 1984 in the national championship. That was an 18-13 game. There was a 13-12 game in 1994. It can get weird. BYU better bring it. They better bring it because, as you mentioned, San Diego State lost to this Hawaii team in Hawaii. Yeah, the Cougars scored three points against San Diego State. San Diego State managed 11 points against Hawaii. The Rainbow Warriors had 14 in that game. BYU better figure out a way to win what's probably going to be a shootout. I think Hawaii has some extra juice. And what I'm afraid of is that the same team that showed up in San Diego State, wait, BYU didn't show up in San Diego State. I take it back. Shows up in Hawaii. Hopefully BYU rises up and plays a good game, and then they go from there. Topic two, the regular season conference championship weeks are over, uh, so we can evaluate the schedule a little bit better. Beating Boise State looks significant. We knew it was at the time. It looks even more significant now. Mountain West champs, 12-1, and ranked 19th. So I ask you this. Is the Boise State win this season the best BYU win in independence? Oh, let me preface this conversation with our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU has beaten 12 win teams twice in school history. Boise State this season and Air Force back in 1985 when Air Force was a powerhouse in college football. It doesn't happen often. And when BYU did it, we speculated this might be the best win that BYU's had in independence, but it all is gauged on how you value wins. Do you value a win more in the moment? So like the team that they were when you beat them, or do you look at the season overall and after it's over, step back and take a wide angle and say, oh yeah, that team actually was pretty good. We're the ones that do that research. I'm going to value that one. Most people don't do that. I I like to do that because I go, no, no, wait a minute. Were they even any good, right? Oh, BYU beat number three pit. That team stunk. They were three, seven, and one. You know what I mean? Like, I think we need to evaluate. That's like, oh, I, well, what is this thing valued at? Well, what if you bought this company when it was nothing and then it was worth more later? Like, that's what we're saying. It could be a better or worse win or loss. Yes, because we look at it through a different lens and we'll analyze it from a lot of different angles. On paper, statistically, it probably is the best win that BYU has had in independence because this Boise State team is number 19 right now. If they beat Washington in the showdown with their former head coach, which is intriguing, right? Chris Peterson, his last game as the head coach at Washington. Then maybe they jump a few more spots and finish even higher in the college football playoff rankings. And they're 13-1, and one, and that's incredible. But I still think if you ask any national analyst, any college football expert, you gave them a list of all of BYU's wins and in independence and say, okay, pick out the best win that BYU's had, they, without hesitation, will probably go to, oh, man, at number six, Wisconsin, in 2018. That was incredible. Everybody was paying attention to BYU. It was on ABC. It was in the afternoon. It was at Camp Randall. It ended an insane non-conference home win streak for the Badgers. 41. BYU 
beating Wisconsin on the road is going to be the answer from your typical college football fan. Now, within the BYU community and within Studio B, we analyze it over the whole season. There is a serious case that it probably is Boise State. And what people won't know, the, the outside of BYU, is that BYU did it with Baylor Romney. And they did it following losses to Toledo and USF. So the context of BYU had been so bad, they had to start their third-string quarterback, and it was the only loss for Boise State. All of those things, for me, yeah, yeah, it's Boise State because of the extra in-detail context. But your average college football fan is going to say, nah, it was Wisconsin because they were ranked number six and everybody saw it. Yeah, I, I still think of beating Wisconsin or Texas twice are better than beating Boise State. Just the level of play and the program prestige and the uh, reaction right to that is, is better. Even beating USC this season at home. Even beating USC, yes, is a better win than Boise State, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, in Independence, BYU only has one win against a team that finished in the, ranked in the top 25 at the end of that season. It's Utah State in 2012, uh, 16th. No BYU fan in their right mind is going to give Utah State that credit. No. And that Utah State team didn't beat anybody. 97th best schedule in the country in 2012. Beat Utah. Hey, and over to... Utah was 5-7 and seven that year. They stunk. Yeah, and Boise so State's strength of schedule this year wasn't great either. Right. That's the reason that they are a one-loss team and a two-loss Memphis team gets in because the AAC was better. So, yeah, great, really good wins. The, the issue with BYU isn't that whether they can get some good wins. They don't have enough of them, right? Hey, beat USC, beat Tennessee, beat Boise State. Awesome. But the schedule was too hard to be able to get more than seven wins this year for some reason. BYU hoping for eight after the bowl game. All right, on to topic three, and we bring in BYU basketball. A weird week. The Cougars were so close to beating Utah and UNLV, but they had to settle for a 33-point win in a bounce back over the Rebels. Uh, And I did hear that chant from a few people in the stadium. Probably some over-caffeinated BYU fans. Granted, there wasn't much for UNLV fans to cheer about in BYU's 83 to 50 win. Tip off was exciting for them. Season low out point or sorry output for UNLV against BYU. 50 points is their season low. Nice. What did we learn in the 33 point win over UNLV? I think I knew this, but it was reemphasized. The BYU's a really good shooting team. They can be, right? We've seen some crazy numbers from BYU. 55% shooting, 52% from three. Are you kidding me? Uh, combined 191, by the way, on the shooting from three to one. 191 Woo! in that game. Uh, over the season, 23rd in offensive efficiency right now, 16th in effective field goal percentage, 12th in three-point percentage. Uh, BYU's a good team with the early childs. We saw that Wednesday when he was in. We saw it Saturday. BYU has eight players who have made at least a three who are shooting over 40% from three this year. And listen to this, courtesy of Kyle Chilton, BYU Sports Information Director, Men's Hoops. BYU has made 10-plus threes in four straight games. That is a school record that has never happened uh, for double-digit threes consecutively. Old record was three. Now it's four. And during the streak, BYU shooting 51% from three. So how about that? Connor Harding in the first half, bang, 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 three threes in a row. Um, He was awesome. The spacing's good. The ability to uh, dribble handoff, it's not getting sticky. Jake Toulson is uh, BYU's second-best player right now, and he's a tremendous player. Um, it's it's good. BYU can shoot the rock, and they can shoot it from three, and it's awesome. We're seeing comp- Dalton Nixon. Dalton Nixon is perhaps the best story individually on BYU. His team. turnaround has been incredible. He's fifteen of thirty-one from three this year. The dude was one of sixteen last year. 
one of 16. I talked to him uh, earlier in the season before the Montana Tech game, and he, I said, what's changed for you? And he said, well, I used to feel like if I didn't make that first one, I couldn't shoot again. And now I have a longer leash, which is awesome. And that leash has been perfect. He's shooting amazing. It's incredible what a little confidence will do, isn't it? Oh, my goodness. And right now, Dalton Nixon has a lot of confidence. Career high, 17 points in the 33-point win over UNLV. For me, at the top of the list, what did I learn? That Yoli Childs had legitimately taken pickle juice to help with his calves. About time. With his cramping. That's a BYU staple. Pickle juice. He told me that in the post-game interview. Um, also, we need to get him LASIK. But Yoli Childs makes this team different. That's an NCAA violation if we get him LASIK. Okay, we don't. We Someone, don't need to do his that. His family needs to. Yoli Childs needs to uh, <laughs> take care of his own eyes and set up LASIK surgery. Let's not have that, that former agent involved at all, okay? <laughs> I like Yoli Childs, and I think BYU is an NCAA tournament team with him in the lineup. Clear, they would be... Probably 10-1 and one right now, Jerem, if Yoli Childs had played the whole season. I think so, yeah. And, uh, yeah, you're bringing up the NCAA suspension, and now I'm upset again. Well, you should be because it's frustrating. The Cougars are 7-4. and four. We're all feeling good because they played a really good game against UNLV. But I learned, and it was re- – I shouldn't say I learned. It was reemphasized to me that BYU is an NCAA tournament caliber team with Yoli Childs on the floor. Can they make it up? Can they make up for lost time? Can they make up the Utah loss? Can- if they beat Utah State – Yes. If they beat Utah State, now they're in business because right now they're Ken Palm 54. They need to get into the top 40 to really be uh, an at-large team, right? They could be outside of it just barely, but 54 right now is out. And this just in this morning while we were talking, actually, Joe Lenardi has dropped BYU out, right? He, they're not mentioned at all, whereas last week there were, what, seven out, I think, of his bracket. So BYU has some room to make it up. Good games this week, Nevada and yeah. Utah State. If, if BYU beats Nevada and Utah State and they're 9-4, and four, they could they could slide right they'll slide right back into absolutely. that absolutely yeah. absolutely our question of the day centering on BYU football and we're look I mean we talk about BYU basketball's nice win over UNLV but the Cougars yeah, have had UNLV's some incredible wins on the football field Tennessee USC Boise State is BYU's win over the Broncos because of what they did the best win of football independence why or why not let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At T underscore leave four on Instagram. Wisconsin finished eight and five the year BYU beat them. So as far as best win when looking at final record, it could be Boise State. USC is a good win as well. They played well in the Pac-12 this year. What do you value? Do you value the exposure in the moment, the ranking of the opponent, the day that you beat them? Or do you value the body of work at the end of the season? I think most people would value how it was at the time. In the moment. Right? Like, I think it, it – here's a funny analogy. So it'd be like going back and looking at all your ex-girlfriends and how they turned out on Facebook, right, And with their family situation. That'd be unfair to them. That's not fair. Don't do it, right? Wait, let's see. When I dated her, she was uh, ranked sixth and had a 41-game <laughs> non-conference home win streak. But she ended up 8-5. and five. You know, it's like, wait, what? <laughs> I, I think both have value. I think you uh, in the moment means a lot, and that's what you remember the most. But I think there's value in looking back and go, was that team any good? Right? And, and certain things play into this. 09 Oklahoma, BYU beats Oklahoma when they're third. BYU takes out. Colby Clawson takes out yeah. Sam Bradford. So yeah. that team, OU, ends up 8-5. and five. 
It's interesting. I always love your dating analogies. She was Miss Utah when I dated her, but now she's the crazy cat lady. Well, that was true for you. (laughs) That was true for you. Well, the first half of that is. (laughs) Coming up, more on Spencer's dating Miss Utah a long time ago. And Cody Figure on the Cougars' hot three-point shooting. (laughs) And ESPN's Trevor Maddox on what BYU can actually prove in the Hawaii Bowl. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYUSN Plus will have all of those stories. We'll charge you five (laughs) bucks a month. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The season premiere of BYU Basketball with Mark Popes tonight, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific on the BYU TV app. Host Gregor Bell chats with Pope and TJ Haas, plus a brand new deep blue on Alex Barcelo. Reserve your free seats on BYUCougars.com slash Pope Show. We are live on a Monday from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play alongside Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. It is another Maddich Monday, and with that, we welcome in ESPN College Football Insider, Analyst, and Expert Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Trevor, in the spirit of BYU at Hawaii in a few weeks, what's your favorite memory of playing in Hawaii? Well, my favorite memory is Kyle Morell's miraculous play on the goal line to stop Hawaii, force a field goal instead of a touchdown, and that play probably saved the national championship. Hawaii had the ball like on the one or two yard line. Morell decided to freelance, and he timed the snap as a safety. He came running up to the line, jumped in the air. While he was in the air, the ball snapped, I think. He flipped over so his feet were up in the air and his head was down, flying forward over the line of scrimmage, grabbed the quarterback's jersey by the nameplate, and pulled him back. That is one of the greatest individual football plays I have ever seen, especially because of the importance of it and the trajectory of the season. Yeah, what a crazy play. What a risk and what a reward uh, for Kyle Morrell, who was honored, by the way, uh, helped run out of the flag in a golf cart earlier this season at a home game. That was pretty cool to see. Let's talk, cool. let's talk about this matchup with Hawaii. Not shocking that Hawaii's in this game, and we talked about it earlier in the show. 13th bowl game for the Rainbow Warriors, 11 of them in Aloha Stadium, so they're pretty comfortable and used to this situation. But this is kind of a different Hawaii team, a better team than BYU's faced the last two years, Trevor. This is a 9-5 and team. It is, and it's a, it's a traditional rivalry. I love that. Playing on the island, I love that. And Hawaii's offense is really good. I mean, really good, especially the passing offense, one of the best in the country. BYU is one of the best in the country at getting interceptions. So that's going to be a really fun matchup. So this, this shapes up as being a, a fun game with a lot of offensive fireworks because Hawaii's defense, not so good. So I see BYU being able to kind of keep up with them. It should be fun. Trevor Maddich with us on BYU Sports Nation. We've joked in the recent past that if BYU can beat Boise State and Hawaii, the two representatives in the Mountain West Conference title game, then they would have a de facto Mountain West championship, Trevor. But in all seriousness, what can BYU really prove in this bowl game? You know, they can prove that they're continuing with the heart. I mean, this year to me was all about heart. The way that they won two of the first four when 0-4 was projected, then they struggled. After that, after they were physically beaten down, and then they fought back. And I thought that that's what this year was about. And I think that this game is about that as well. It's about finishing up, heading into the off season with that kind of momentum and that kind of, of trajectory. I think that's important. Uh, it's important that BYU gets there. And, and if they win the game now, they'll be able to sh- tell recruits, look, we're on the way back up. You know, we, we've got fruit on the tree. You can see what we've done. We've, we've beat uh, 
beaten teams that finished ranked. We've won a bowl game, and you can help us take it to the next level. And so all these things are important in this game. BYU's win over Boise State continues to look even better. 12-1 and for Boise State, Mountain West champs. Unfortunately for them, the second-highest-ranked Group of Five team, so they don't get uh, the berth into the Group of Five automatic bid into a New Year's Six game. But we've been evaluating, and we just discussed where this ranks in independence. BYU's had some good wins, uh, but Utah State in 2012 finished 16th. He, of course, at Wisconsin, but that team ends up 8-5. and five. Where, do you, where do you put this in BYU's independent wins? You know, it's one of the best. One of the best. Keep in mind that Boise State did have its backup quarterback in, but so did BYU. So it was a fair fight. And Boise State had everything to play for from a standpoint of the New Year's Six. For goodness sake, I mean, they'd be playing in the New Year's Six Bowl, I think, if it weren't for that loss. So it wasn't like Boise State thought it wasn't a conference game and therefore they didn't care. That, that's a quality win by BYU. My favorite one, though, is still the Wisconsin game. You mentioned that they lost a few games, but they were ranked number six early in the season when BYU played them, and nobody gave BYU a chance to physically match up with them, and BYU just hit them in the mouth. And in that moment, I mean, forget the rest of the season, in that moment, it felt really good to be a Cougar. Trevor Maddich of ESPN with us on BYU Sports Nation. If BYU wins the bowl game over Hawaii and the Cougars finish 8-5, and five, would this, with the body of work in consideration, be Kalani Sitake's best season overall in his four years of head coach? You know, I think so, and it may be the best coaching job by the entire staff because of the way the quarterback carousel worked. I mean, it's, BYU has had times when the quarterback has been healthy, but more often, especially in recent years, they've had to go to the second and then the third, and then beyond that maybe. So it's, you know, they've played – three different quarterbacks this year had to do important work in important moments. And I think that the fact that they were able to overcome that and get to this point is a real testament to Coach Sataki to keep everybody focused, to the offensive staff, to you know teach and coach, because that's important. The teaching aspect is huge. And the defensive staff to know what they're dealing with and know how to complement that offense. This was a really good coaching job. You look ahead to next year as well, 2020, BYU starts at Utah, Michigan State at home, at Arizona State, one of the two teams to beat Oregon, and then uh, at Minnesota. So, yeah, really easy again, Trevor, uh, in 2020. This is a daunting schedule. How do you feel like BYU can put itself in position to be relevant going into 2020 with a lot of returning guys? Well, they need to do what they did this year, except continue it. Don't, Don't slip after that daunting September. Remember, this year they, they went 2-2. Two and two. They beat Tennessee, who's an SEC bowl team. SEC's playing on January 2nd in a bowl game. Or, excuse me, uh, Tennessee is. And then they beat uh, USC, right, both in overtime. So those kinds of things, if you don't slip then and lose at Toledo and at USF because you're kind of banged up, tell recruits that have a lot of choices that BYU is a place they can come and, and reach their goals. And so I think it's good that they're doing this. I think what they need to do is continue, though, through recruiting to build depth so that they can rotate more guys in and have a chance to win these games without getting too banged up for the next couple of games. I think that's kind of the next step in their development. It really is uh, a step-by-step development because each season that they do something like they've done this year, especially if they win the bowl game, but it's already been good. Each season they do this, they get into more doors recruiting. They 
can get more guys on campus than they may have in the past, different kind of guy. And some of those will sign at BYU. Then they win a few more. Then they compete even better at those high-level September Power 5 games. And then BYU is on the way. But it is a step-by-step thing. I think people look at you know, this microwave culture, and everything has to happen fast or it's not going to happen at all. And I think that's the wrong way to look at it. The BYU is on the path that they need to be on, and I think Kalani Sataki is the coach to take them where they want to go. Trevor, is there any way that BYU football as a whole can call this year a step forward if the Cougars don't beat Hawaii and finish with an identical record to last season? It's already a step forward. It's already a step forward because of beating Tennessee and USC. That's why it's a step forward. And also the way that they fought back after losing to Toledo and USF. So it doesn't have to be a huge step forward. It can be baby steps. That's okay. But if they beat Hawaii, it's, it's more than just that. It's a, it's a big step forward. So the direction you're going is more important than how fast you get there. Sometimes you get there really super fast and then it's over. Look at Baylor this year. Baylor was 1-11 two years ago. This year they were playing for the Big 12 championship and were in the conversation to be a playoff team right until the very end. Right Now, Baylor deserved that. They played really well. But this is a team that's heavily loaded with seniors. I mean, their entire defensive line, one of the best in the country, they've got, they're either seniors and they'll be gone, or they're a junior. James Lynch was the Big 12 defensive player of the year. So there's a very good chance he'll go off to the NFL after this season. So all those guys are gone, and they have to start over again. right? So if you do a microwave thing, very often it's because you get a bunch of seniors, and, and what does it really tell you long term? I think you know, as long as you're step-by-step step getting better, that's what you want to do. Okay, it looked like uh, Utah made things easy for the college football playoff committee, right? Uh, if Utah had yeah. won, they were probably in. Oklahoma gets in. Do you feel like uh, there's going to be anything crazy in those semifinals, or do you feel like it's going to be uh, LSU versus a pretty even matchup in the other one with Ohio State and Clemson? Yeah, LSU should beat Oklahoma, but I can see a path for Oklahoma to win that game. Jalen Hurts knows LSU. He knows what to do against LSU. And the thing is, he, he has changed that offense because they've had a lot more called quarterback runs with Jalen Hurts than they could have with their two Heisman Trophy winners, Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield, because those guys had a lot of big runs, but they were mostly creating on the move. Hurts, they're able to have more called quarterback runs, intentional quarterback runs, and he leads their team in rushing by about 300 yards. So if they can keep that Joe Burrow-led offense on the sideline, they've got a chance to win that game. I think the committee got the right four teams. I think they got the wrong order at the top. I thought that Ohio State should have been number one. If you look at their resume, you can make a convincing case that they should have been there. And if you look at their offenses, they're both championship caliber, but Ohio State's defense is clearly better, in my opinion. And the reason that matters is that whoever's number two had to play Clemson. Clemson right now is playing at national championship level again. It's just that they don't have the resume to be any higher than they are at three, which is not their fault. But it feels to me like the de facto national championship game will be the semi between Ohio State and Clemson. So I think the committee got the right four, but I would have rather seen them put Ohio State at number one and set up a potential epic battle for the actual championship. Great stuff, Trevor. Uh, I think we've got an extra seat on the plane if you want to come to Hawaii and hang out on Christmas Eve. 
you know what? I'll already be there, and I'll be waiting for you with a lay. <laughs> in my dreams, man. I, I'm happy for you guys, and I'll be somewhere in the snow. All right, man. We'll, uh, we'll be thinking of you. Thanks for the time today. Thanks, guys. Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why, we show how. Coming up, Cody Fieger on the Cougar three-point barrage recently. Plus, perfection and one. It's always good to beat the Rebels by 30-plus. This is BYU Sports Nation. I'm glad it was seven-plus. Yo, what up? Listen to BYU Sports Nation On Demand on iTunes. Tune in or Google Play and enjoy On Demand and subscribe, rate, and please review. 16 days to Christmas, 15 days to BYU and Hawaii in the 2019 SoFi Hawaii Bowl, and only one day until BYU basketball is back on the court. That's right, baby. The greatest time. Steve Alford, back in 10. Let's keep it rolling, BYU Sports Nation, and whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. Cougars will play the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors in the Hawaii Bowl on Christmas Eve. UH is 9 and 5 this season. Will host a record ninth home game against the 7 and 5 Cougars. UH 6th in passing offense, 13th in scoring offense nationally. NFL draft news in December. Yes, it's true. The latest CBS Sports 2020 mock draft has one Matt Bushman getting Whoa. drafted in the 3rd round. Whoa, whoa. Bushman has 119 career receptions, over 1,600 yards, almost 14 yards per catch, and nine career touchdowns. Cougars in the NFL. Fred Warner and the Niners took down Taysom Hill and the Saints 48-46 on Sunday. Niners are in first place and number one seed in the NFC. That's Yay! great. Hill had five carries for 13 yards and one catch for 12 yards. Fred Warner had three tackles, including one preventing Taysom Hill from getting a two-point conversion. Jamal Williams with seven carries for 24 yards in a hard-fought swaggy 20-15 Green Bay Packers win over the Washington Redskins. Harvey Longy had a tackle in a 22-21 JETS 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 win over the Miami Dolphins. And Sione Takitaki had two tackles in a 27-19 Cleveland Browns win over my amazing Cincinnati Bengals. That's one word for it. Daniel Sorensen and the Chefs. Took down Kyle Van Noy and the Patriots 23-16. Uh, when your team's 10-3 and and you get booed at home, that's when you know the standard's high. KBN had five tackles while Daniel Sorensen had two tackles and a QB hit. Great googly moogly. Men's basketball. BYU dominates UNLV 83-50, led by Dalton Nixon's career-high 17 points. Yoli Childs with a double-double. Ho-hum. 13 points, 14 rebounds. The Cougars host Nevada tomorrow in Provo, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific. Live on BYU Radio and ESPNU. Volleyball. Number 14 BYU women's volleyball season ends Saturday night in Provo with a sweep to Utah. The Cougars finished the year 26-5. Soccer. The BYU women and their stars, Alyssa Jefferson, Rachel Bingham-Lyman, Michaela Coulihan, Elise Flake, and Sabrina Davis have all been named to the United Soccer Coaches All-West Region teams. Jefferson, Lyman, Coulihan, and Flake on the first team with Davis on the second team. A reminder, Flake, Coulihan, and Jefferson are the first ever trio of all Americans on the same team for BYU. I never know what to think of the region team because I never know what the region is. And it, I know it's a cool thing, but I'm like, wait, it's between All-American and Conference? Okay, that's great. Yeah, It's hard yeah. to understand. Yep. Jennifer Rockwood and her staff are the United Soccer Coaches West Regional Staff of the Year. See, they're a good staff. Women's basketball. BYU loses at Arizona State 60-52 to on Friday night. The Cougars fall to 3-3 three and three on the season. Paisley Johnson led BYU with 18 points. On 7 of 19 shooting, grabbed three rounds, a couple of assists, and a steal. BYU, however, shot just 35% from the field, 26% from three. Very different from the men. Cougars play at Boise State this Wednesday. I think we thought this women's hoops team would be better, right? Um, Shaley Gonzalez injury is certainly a huge thing, but 3-3 three and three is not how we thought they'd be. Perhaps the Gonzalez injury is making even more of an impact than we thought. Yeah. 
swimming and diving. Cougars wrapped up their final fall uh, meet in the fall season at the Utah Dive Invite, competing against Utah, USC, and Air Force. Eric Muir won the one-meter final. Teammate Nathan Gonzalez finished second. Summer Westover was the top finisher for the women's team, taking sixth on the one-meter. Jimmer! Fredette scored seven points, grabbed two rebounds, and a 99-93 Panathinaikos win over their longtime rival, Olympiacos. Hockey! Oh, the BYU hockey team beat uh, Western Region third-ranked uh, Weber State 5-4 on Saturday. Alex Stroud and Chase Christensen each had uh, two goals for the Cougars. Cougars in pro hoops. You sound like Coach Z <laughs> from Homestar Runner. <laughs> back it up, back it in there. Reach your okay. Kyle Collinsworth. In professional basketball, had 14 points, four rebounds, and a Salt Lake City Stars win over the Northern Arizona Suns. Let's keep hooping it up. And one. Picks, predictions, and one on BYU Sports Nation. Solid weekend for BYU against UNLV in our and one picks. Jeremy, you're up first. I said the BYU would win by seven plus. I was off on that one. It was uh, by 33. Yeah, I, I get it. Give and one. And the only child's will have a double double, 13 and 14. So there you Trash. go. Yep. <laughs> Buckets. All right. My first pick BYU by 10 plus, Jerem. Trash. Yeah, 30. We were really aggressive on those. And one. TJ Haas will have at least a 2 to 1 assist to turnover ratio. Trash. Love it. Totally missed that one. It was 7 to 7 assists. <laughs> no turnovers. How about that? Teej. And that was nice because he came off of what? Was it a 3 assist or 5, five turnover assist? game? Yeah, and I, 3 or 5 turnover. Yeah. That was a nice bounce back for him. Absolutely. The end one score now. Jeremy with 15. I have 13. And who cares on the other? Okay. Coming up, which Cougar opponent that was bowl eligible was the only team in FBS not to be invited to a bowl game? Plus, what's the secret to BYU basketball shooting the three historically well as a team? Maybe they just watched assistant coach Cody Feger, who is a baller. This guy can shoot, man. He'll join us next. This is BYU Sports Nation. This guy's a sniper. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back on a Monday to BYU Sports Nation. You can always subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. BYU Hoops hosts 7-3 Nevada tomorrow at the Marriott Center. Listen on BYU Radio with pregame at 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific. All right, Jerem. It is time for us to welcome in a sharpshooter for BYU basketball. Cody Feger, men's hoops assistant. I'm giving you sole credit for why BYU has been historically great this season. Just you, shooting not the Mark, three. not Nick, not All they Chris. had to do was watch your mechanics and figure it out. Uh, it's something we do every single day. Coach Pope, make sure... Watch you shoot? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm rebounding at that. Okay. okay. Rebounding and passing. No, um... I mean, that's something Coach Pope talks about every day and instills in confidence in our guys. We spend 20 to 25 minutes every day of just our guys getting shots. Hmm. You know, because we track every shot they take. And this um, is new, the shot tracker. The shot tracker. For BYU. Yep, yep, for BYU. And um, we spend so much time with it. You know, if we just go through a normal practice um, without getting shots before or after, Jake's shooting, you know, six shots in a practice. So that's that's something that we've we every single day we make sure we these guys are shooting. So does that mean you have less time in the flow of five on five? But when you do, uh, everyone's warmed up, everyone's had shots in. Is that something you do before? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Okay. Every single day we shoot 
20, 25 minutes before practice, and then and then we're on. Oh, before then we're going practice. Before practice, gotcha. yeah. Is it guys uh, with manual rebounders? Is it the? Yeah, uh, no. We we have a we have a plan for each guy every single gotcha. day and what they do and certain you know, shots they need yeah, to certain shoot. shots they need to shoot. You know, cool. Jake's going to take different ones than Yoli, mm-hmm. and, and we'll, we'll be really specific on on that one. That's awesome. Alex Barcelo shot the three well, as did it seemed like everybody on Saturday had quite the post game celebration. So, can you give us your best Alex Barcelo? Well, well let's let's impersonation hear after of, you watch of, this. Of all people, it's not me doing yeah. that. So. <laughs> okay, this watch this and like. let's see. That's the way the bounty back goes. Just a very just a very calm post game. Everyone's just very chill. But this, this is who Alex is, and, and you, you described him as such uh, to me before, but Bulldog, he's, he's intense. He wants to win so bad. Every single day, every single game. I mean, so, you know, we did two days to start the season, and Alex is up there at 4.30 every day. We don't start practice till 6, but he's at the gym at 4.30 every one of those days, warming up. This is in the morning, by the way. In, in the morning, 4.30 a.m., wow. yeah. In the morning, getting loose, doing his finishes, getting shots up early, making sure his body's right, you know. And and then we're, st- we're shooting to start at 6 a.m., and guys are making, you know, he made two or three in a row, and Alex is just like that. He is going bananas. Let's go, 10, you know. <laughs> you know, just – and all it is is spot shooting. And it, it's amazing. It's not five-on-five five no. competitive skins. Nothing. It's a it's, drill. It's a drill where Alex is passing to Jake Toulson or TJ or Trevanell, and they're making a couple shots in a row, and Alex is going bananas just like that. Every it, group needs that. I seek to be that person for us. I'm going to start. Well, I kind of randomly yell sometimes. Okay. Oh, yeah. But I, I don't yeah. look like Al. You know, I'll have to work out. I'm <laughs> pretty that. sure he burned 100 calories just in that celebration. <laughs> yeah. The constant flex. And, oh, and, my and I think emotionally that was kind of this output from ah, the frustration of the Utah loss, yeah. right? It felt like that where you guys were very dialed in, very focused, and uh, upset that Wednesday happened, right? And 100%. it showed Saturday. I mean, I mean. We watched the film on it, obviously, of the you know the Utah game and things like that, and the guys just answered the bell. Coach put a great you know game plan together, and these guys followed it to a T. And that was a team that beat BYU at the buzzer last year. So that was a nice yeah. kind of comeback win there. Coach Pope pointed out that uh, he was way happier with BYU's transition defense. I mean, you give up 31 fast break points against Utah and a smidgen of that against UNLV. What, what changed besides the opponent? Well, other than that Utah game, we've been really good all year, all year long in transition D. And we just kind of, we watched the film with our guys and we just showed them just like how that's not us and just how we needed to fix it. Um, our guys, like we didn't even, we drilled it a couple different things in practice that next day, but our guys are just like, no, that's not us. And they just saw it right from the jump there and they changed things around. The team has made 10 or more threes in four straight games. That's a BYU record, by the way. That's never happened from the desk of Kyle Chilton. Um, this team can shoot, man. Uh, 42% from three, seventh in the country. Um, you guys talked about, yeah, we think this is a good shooting team. But we had heard this rhetoric in years before. New staff now, of course. It wasn't you guys saying it per se, but here we are. The, what has led to this three-point evolution for this team? Uh, I just think it's how unselfish our guys are, you know. Like you said, TJ, I think he took maybe three, four shots on Saturday, on Saturday, and Jake didn't take many shots. These guys just don't care. Yoli Childs is coming in, and he's just passing the ball really well. No one cares, and everyone believes in the other guy. You know, Dalton Nixon's coming in, and he was made every shot. Alex Barcelo come in and made every shot. Connor Harding made three straight threes. 
everyone just keeps believing in each other and it's just it's just making you know it, it's it's been unreal to watch BYU is shooting essentially at a clip of 40% of your shots are coming from the three point line are you okay with that do you feel like it's too much do you want to be that team I love love being that team <laughs> um, but our our guys are unbelievable. They're just going to take whatever the defense gives us gives them. You know, uh, in practice, Coach Pope puts these guys in all different situations. You know, offensively, and they got to react and make the right play. Um, and that's what our guys are doing. They're just understanding what it takes. And it's hard for teams to press us right now because we'll just pass it. And guys like Dalton, Yoli, whoever who whoever's open is going to shoot it and feels like they're going to make it. Just for reference, Jim, for that senior year, a ton of threes, right? Thirty one percent. Compared to the forty one as a team, huh? As a team. Wow. Yeah. So that And Jimmer that, took thirty percent of the thing. It was, it was Jimmer and then Jackson never took one percent. So there you go. Um, Dalton Nixon's evolution has been incredible. I, we've said it a bunch, but one of sixteen from three last year, fifteen of thirty one. How did you instill him with confidence to where, listen, you have a longer leash and you're a good player and you can shoot, you can do it. Because one one for sixteen is tough over a season span. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of that just goes into where he just does it every day. Dalton has a pre-game, pre-practice routine where he does it every day, takes those same shots, and guys are yelling at him to shoot it every single time. We he's know open. Alex is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Alex is yelling at everybody at all times. Um, but, yeah, that, that's like, you know, Jake will come off a ball screen, pass it to Dalton wide open, and scream at him to shoot the ball, and that just – brings the level of confidence for everyone. And Coach Pope, you know, his, his deal is if you don't shoot an open shot, you're coming out. Yeah, and, and that's, that's a fun way to be benched. 100%. We need you to shoot. You're good. Do it, right? Yeah. Exactly. It just gives a ton of confidence, and, and these guys own every single shot they take, and that's the biggest thing that Coach Pope cares about. All right, Cody, let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma to take back and distribute to the team for a big week, Nevada tomorrow in the Marriott Center, and then Utah State at the home of the Jazz uh, on Saturday again. So take the karma, do with it what you will, and go win, man. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Okay, thanks, Cody. Coming up, how did BYU's schedule look after the dust settled on the regular season of football? And which Cougar opponent was bowl eligible but did not receive an invite to the already overcrowded party. This is BYU Sports Nation. It's not even hard to make a bowl, man. You go 500. Come on. Hey, in case you missed it the first time I reminded you, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. Show is also available on demand, Spencer, on yes, the BYU TV and BYU radio apps, in case you didn't know. I think you're aware, though. I think I'm talking to you, the viewer listener. It's time for a bowl game edition of tracking Cougar opponents. Yes, BYU football has concluded the regular season. One game to go in the SoFi Hawaii Bowl, but how about the rest of the BYU opponents? You may, you may have been paying attention to the Utah Utes, who saw their college football playoff hopes collapse in a 37-15 loss at the hands of the Oregon Ducks. That was a big surprise, man. Seriously, I thought that would be a better game. Utah falls from a potential playoff team out of the New Year's Six and into the Alamo Bowl on New Year's Eve where they will face Texas. Fun matchup, but that is clearly not what most of us expected from the Utes after the regular season they put together. Yeah, pretty big uh, fall from grace in one week, right? Tennessee will face Indiana in the Gator Bowl January 2nd after the season, 7-5. and five. Hey! BYU's got a win over a team in the Eastern time zone with a winning record. 
Yay. Mm-hmm. That's a, that was a nice win, yeah. The 24th-ranked USC Trojans will take on 16th-ranked Iowa in the Holiday Bowl on December 27th. USC 8-4. and 7-5 Washington will play 19th-ranked Boise State in the Chris Peterson Bowl, a.k.a. the Las Vegas Bowl. Toledo has the distinction, Jerem, of being the only bowl-eligible team in FBS play to not receive a bowl invite. Uh-huh. 40 bowl games, 81 bowl-eligible teams, 6-6 six six, Toledo stays home. 7-5 Utah State plays 6-6 six six, Kent State on the opening day of the bowl season in the Frisco Bowl, December 20th. The Liberty Flames going bowling for the first time in program history at 7-5. and five. They'll take on Georgia Southern in the Cure Bowl on December 21st. And, of course, Idaho State is an FCS team. UMass uh, doth stinketh. And San Diego State, 9-3, and three, will face Central Michigan. What are they, Chippewa? Chippewas? Chippewas. On December 21st in the New Mexico Bowl. Been there, done that, 2010. And USF will play in the We Need a New Head Coach Bowl. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Charlie Strong. Our question of the day, is the BYU win over Boise State in football this year the best win in the Cougars' nine years of independence? Why or why not? Not, 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 not. That's the remixed (laughs) version of that. The elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Casey Strasburg on Facebook says, this year, definitely USC and Tennessee before Boise State. Tennessee before Boise? Okay, okay. Wow, because of the road format, perhaps? SEC... All right. Yeah, the tradition. The he check. says, but since independence, Wisconsin 2018 is atop the list, and then the two Texas wins. He's got Boise State all the way down at number 10. Ole Miss in 2011? Come on. Come on. Really? That was a two-win team. Two and 10. That was a two-win team. Michigan State was Arizona, a three-win team. One? Arizona's Stop not even it. good. Mi- Stop it. There have been some good wins, no doubt. No doubt. Today's rise and shout-outs. Jeremy, you're up first. Dalton Nixon, one of 16 from three last year. It'd be hard to be a confident guy going into a season like that, but Dalton Nixon's 15 of 31 from three. Amazing turnaround. Yes. Uh, another sharpshooter's going to get my rise and shout-out. Jonathan Tavernari tweeted he's on his way to see Steve Alford in Nevada take on BYU. That was a fun throwback, wasn't yes, it? Yes, it was. Holy cow. Don't go in the line after the Handshake game, lines are terrible. Can be. <laughs> Our thanks to today's guests, Trevor Maddich and Cody Feger. Sergeant Dennis Pitta ran out of time. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Use hashtag BYUSN. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Bart Jepson. See you tonight for BYU Basketball with Mark Pope and that 80s swag. Go Cougs.